0: Welcome to a new edition of the famous interviews with joe domino on this episode we talk with possibility coach and founder of u2 sunshine victoria raider she was born in ukraine and the former ussr and the soviet union did not make it easy or possible to leave the country yet the regime could not stop neither her nor her ukrainian freedom seeking genes from dreaming creating pursuing and ultimately proving that everything is possible she found it possible to travel the world and see 40 countries Today, she is a possibility coach, transformational speaker, founder, internationally best-selling author, and so much more. Enjoy this interview.
1: Thanks for taking some time, out. I
0: appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. And
1: before we get into your life as a coach and founder, I want to know, how did you do during COVID, and how did that time period, the two years, change you now that we're kind of coming out of it?
2: It actually was very significant and foundational because uh, prior to the shutdown, I had a very unique process with that. I used to, right around, you know, half point through 2019 and into the fall of 2019, I started regularly selling all of the in-person manifesting seminars that I was doing. And I had this gentle guidance, you know, why don't you just create instead of trying to constantly repeating the same stuff while receiving and channeling and creating so much new stuff. And, you know, that gives me life, bringing new stuff. Just create an online subscription and a private group for that. And I was like, sure, I will always follow the inner guidance. I will create it. And my assumption was it was to have created a space for continual live creation. I was thrilled about it. And so... Um, the idea was kind of finalized in December 2019, and I launched what is now Quantum Freedom Family, part of our Empower Me Academy, on January 24th, 2020. And then, of course, within two short months, the world had shut down. And the miracle of that process did not get lost on me, because we had a system in place. All of our clients felt supported. We kept adding you know, substance to it. So in my case, the COVID was a space to have allowed for the miracle to unfold. And it was true for me. It was true for my family. It was true for my clients. It wasn't easy. We've lost people. Everybody has, right? But the miracle, nevertheless, was just palpable, something that everybody would come back to and say yes we are guided, we are cared for, if only we care enough to seek and follow that guidance.
1: So let me take you in front of a uh, a bunch of grade school kids, third graders at a career day, and you're standing up there and a kid looks up and says, "What do you do for a living, and how are you qualified to do it?" How would you answer that child?
2: I will tell him you have two. Voices inside you, you think it's a big secret and you sometimes are afraid to let people know that there is one voice that's not nice and that's asking you how could you do it and that is calling you names, some names are even worse than some names you've thought of calling somebody else and yet there is another voice and sometimes it's much quieter and it's the voice that tells you keep going. And sometimes it says, you got this. So every day of my working life, I help you first hear that quiet voice and then listen to it and then achieve any dream you secretly have by following that voice. That is, in a nutshell, what I would have told a third grader.
1: Talk to me a little bit about Growing up, what did you? What was your dream when you were a kid? What did you want to be when you grew up?
2: When I was five, I wanted to be a flight attendant, <laughs> travel, and I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, on the side, I wanted to be a detective. I created journals and journals and journals uh, with fake criminal profiles <laughs> and solving issues. And quite frankly, the miracle of my life is to, which I think is for all of us, if we Ponder on it, is that I see those three patterns in what I do. I think there is a criminal pattern that we carry that sabotages us. That I get to discover. Uh, I get to travel and teach and train. So my dream, maybe not in the same way that a five-year-old had it or seven or ten-year-old had it, but has unfolded.
1: So, talk to me a little bit about where where you were where you grew up. You know, regionally and kind of how the seeds of who you are today began. How did that start?
2: Absolutely. I was born in the former Soviet Union in the part that is currently established on the map quite prominently. I'm Ukrainian. And uh, at the time that I was born, the Soviet Union was in its final stages of meltdown. And, um, you know, the freedom for those parts of the former union that were ready to claim it was about to be born, but I caught quite a bit of still the absence of free agency and free choice. And from the very early age, for example, I, I often say, you I mentioned I love to travel. Well, that was not really a possibility in the country I was born into because you not only needed to have an entry visa to some foreign country, you had to have an exit visa. An exit visa would have been a stamp in your passport that your government allows you to leave the country. And you could not have gotten that stamp unless you were commissioned by the Communist Party to go into um, some of the missions that it deemed you worthy of pursuing. And so it was a far-fetched dream, really, to go to places that I was dreaming about as a child. But the gift of the lack of that external freedom was, you know, huge because probably into my teens I realized that while I can't choose the classes to take in high school, right, the schedule is given to me, minus the foreign language, the only choice I could make, German or English in my school, but the classes were pre-selected, everybody took the same ones, you know, they Holidays were celebrated with the same ones. And all the external choices were done for you. The election consisted of one candidate and two boxes, yes or no. And if you voted no, you were questioned and encouraged by all means to make the correct choice of a yes for that one candidate. But all of that has created a very clear understanding that while the external world, I could not change Nobody, unless I allowed them, could walk with their dirty feet inside my inner world. And that is where I was free. That is the world where I was free to travel. This is the world where I was free to create. And I believe it was a phenomenal gift that I've received because I've learned that freedom, first, foremost, and forever, is an internal, you know, event. It is an internal event. And so having come to the United States and understanding that now I was in an environment where that internal ability to create would have the external support is a gift that I never take for granted. I've been here for over 27 years, and there's not a day that I'm ungrateful for it.
1: So in your life, who would you consider a role model or a hero for you?
2: First and foremost, my mom and dad, and um, not saying it just to because it's you know one of the right things to say, like creating world peace. I believe that's the most important thing as well. But, but with my mom and dad, um, you know, my dad was the editor in chief for the original newspaper, and as such, when in 1986 we had a Chernobyl um, disaster happen with nuclear leak. He was sent by the party three days after the explosion to go locally to where the explosion took place and then come back and report that everything was fine. So he went, he came home throwing up, you know, with minor radiation poisoning and refused to do so. And I witnessed how, I witnessed the price of integrity and I witnessed what it meant to stand for what you believe. My parents didn't have to sit me down and tell me what it is to live an authentic life. They lived it and they paid for it. And it was the greatest motivation for me. So I always look at both of them as my heroes. I uh, sponsored them into the United States, witnessed my dad working an eight-hour job work with all his degrees. He spoke five languages. English wasn't one of them. So when he came here, he said, I'm not doing welfare. I am physically capable, and I saw this brilliant man working shoulder to shoulder with other people of equal caliber who did not speak the language, laying pipes from three in the morning to you know, to 100 degree weather sometimes, and never complaining, making his eight bucks an hour long enough until he could learn the language and then do what he does best, which is start his own business. And so, I, you know, they're, they don't have cakes, but they sure are pretty high on the hero scale for me.
1: Wonderful. So if you could meet anybody that's alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Who would you love to talk to?
2: Anybody that's alive on the planet? Uh, boringly, I would like to run and give a huge hug to Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, <laughs> and just uh, probably ask him how did a comedian, a professional comedian, you know, answered the call to run for the president in a timely manner and discover the grit that has taken now to allow the country to stand. That would be the one person, I think.
1: So if you could, if you have a dream tonight, you run into your younger version, like, you know, 20 years old or so, and you could give that version a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained over all these years. What would you tell that young version?
2: Girl, take a chill pill. It ain't that serious. <laughs> 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 everything, everything was a matter of life and of death. And so I would just tell her, take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. It's it's just a matter of life. It's never a matter of life and death. You will not miss that window. None of us will. When it's time to go, we will go. Until then, just learn to enjoy life. Just trust life. Enjoy, no matter how hard, find a way to enjoy life.
1: So, you know, the one thing over the COVID time period was, you know, we all relied on art, whether it was visual, music, books, whatever it was, TV, film. What was it for you? What art was it for you that you relied on, that you still rely on, that you love in your life?
2: Well, I think, you know, the honest, heartfelt uh, answer would be on my face, truly on my face. It's been reframed, and it's been one thing that has taken me through and continues to take me through. And it's the one thing, if everything else I were to lose, I would want to keep So that's um, first and foremost. Um, Secondly, on, um, you know, on the safety of being human, and um, we, like anybody else, we did our share of Netflix binging, and and just watching it with zero guilt and knowing that, hey, I am just being human, and what a privilege it is to be this faulty, imperfect vehicle for experiencing life. Don't just uh the two things.
1: So everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your clients, but ultimately you live your life. You have a perception of yourself. Who do you think you are?
2: I know myself to be a spark of light that is continually expanding. I refer to that in my language as a child of God, a great overall designer. And I know that to be my most important identity.
1: I want to end everything on a good note here, and I'm curious, what's the best fan letter or client response that you've ever gotten from your work?
2: Let me think. You know, I've solved my share of getting uh beautiful, beautiful. But you know what comes in is a tender moment. I've had... um. I've had a client who was actually diagnosed uh, with terminal cancer older gentleman, and he was given just a few months um through our work together uh, we saw his time really being extended, not due to the work I believe the time of going and leaving is not you know is not controlled, but the quality of life is but we were extended that period, and within two years, I witnessed him being able to Accomplish those things that he still was going to accomplish. And, you know, he's come to some of these seminars and classes with me and he's inspired so many people of showing them how you've got to live life till the very last breathing moment, just fully and completely. And the most tender feedback or testimonial that I would have was when it was his time to go, he's asked his wife to call me so I could help him cross over. And, uh, and the gift that I've received, I've lost a lot of people in my life. But the gift I've received of understanding the sacredness of life through that experience is probably by far the most tender moment in my life.
1: So if anyone out there wants to learn more about you and your services and anything that you do, Victoria, where can they go? Where's the best place?
2: I'd love to offer to peek into the driving emotion that drives them. We have a great quiz. It's found at moneyquiz.me. And when you go to that site and take a really fun, quick quiz, it tells you which most important emotion in your life drives you and allows you to accomplish things, but also how in some ways it can block you from prosperity. And then it offers you three universal laws and practical applications to start opening that prosperity without losing your identity, without compromising who you're born to be, but supporting it without shrinking kind of the gift that you've come to give. And that's at moneyquiz.me.
1: Wonderful. Victoria, thank you for opening up. Thank you for your time today. Good luck with everything. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for tuning in to another Famous Interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, and music around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.